Welcome to AmiCast, podcast about Amiga computers. I'm your host, Krzysztof Radzikowski, but call me Christoph or Radzik. Welcome to the uh, 10th episode of AmiCast and uh, today my special guest is the guy, uh, one of the guy from the Apollo core, uh, from Apollo team uh, and we will talk about the vampire and, and, and so on. So um, this is Big Gun. So how are you? Hi, it's Gunnar. Nice to meet you. I'm fine. Uh, uh, nice to have you here. Uh, so I'm very excited about this uh, interview because uh, at the end of all I'm quite big fan of, 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 of this work of, of Vampire and what it can bring to, to, to classic Amiga. Uh, so I think this will be interesting and the, 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 the whole project is very hot in our community. Uh, but before we started to um, the, the real uh, stuff, uh, I want to ask you how you started with your Amiga life and it was your first computer or, or, or not, so short background of you. Okay, um, well I'm 44 now and I started with computers um, with the Commodore 64, which I got um, yeah, pretty early when it came out. And um, and the uh, Amigas came out. I was at that time pretty often in computer stores and meeting people there and um, exchanging games. <laughs> so I saw the first um, Amiga 1000 and well, they were wonderful. They were completely different than the Commodore 64. And um, I took. Uh, birthday present and Christmas present together and convinced my parents to buy me an Amiga 1000. So at this time I was, I think, uh, 14, yeah, quite a while ago. And this was my start to Amiga. And I had the luck that I knew people in the community, uh, which often met in these computer stores and were swapping games. And um, so in the very early on the starting days of the Amiga, and one of them, um, he kind of uh, introduced me to um, assembly of the 68K, and he uh, had some source code of some very first intros, and well, uh, by reading and learning, I then sort of learned how to, to, to write uh, bootlock demos and these kind of things and this got me started into serious hacking on the Amiga. Yeah, something more than Superfrog. <laughs> uh, okay, and, and uh, this Amiga 1000, this was, uh, I think, not the last Amiga uh, in your hands, so probably you, you jumped to something uh, more advanced. I had the 1000 for a pretty long time. Um, also had a memory expansion to, to one megabyte. Um, but uh, at some point I then got a 2000, then O20 CPU card and the graphics card. 
Um, and after this, I got a f 4,000. Um, then a, a CD32. And well, then later I got a 1,200 also. So uh, at the end of all, you had or you, you still own the all Amiga that are available in the world? No, I do not have a 3000, but besides the 3000, I have Apple Mother. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, and uh, today you use uh, which Amiga? The 600 with a vampire. It's uh, so much faster than my 4000 that turning on the 4000 is no fun no more. This is this is this is this this is true. Uh, so uh, you are one of the Apollo members, Apollo team members, yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, as I know, you are the most responsible for the I think hardware and or, or FPGA emulation. Uh, I'm correct. Yes. Um, maybe it makes sense to to start this background as Apollo project. I mean, the whole started with Nathan. Yeah. And a friend of mine, uh, Thomas Hirsch, um, did start the Natami project with designing the AGA chipset for an FPGA. And he was showing this to me and to some other friends or work colleagues. We were all working at IBM at that point of time, developing, developing power PCs <laughs> <laughs> as a main business. And um, yeah, um, so we were all very much impressed and figured how we could help him to finish this or support him. Because uh, the chipset is one thing. Uh, you also, if you want to make it a success, need to find CPUs. And as you know, Motorola does not produce them anymore. So we uh, then f trying to figure out how we could fill this gap with a processor. And we, we tried out several things. First, we uh, contacted Freescale and asked them if we could buy out um, the 060 sources. Um, but uh, um, I mean, the meeting was nice. We, we had a meeting with the vice president of Freescale. The, uh, but, but this was meeting was in Germany or you, you, you... in the states? In the states, okay. Um, but uh, they, they had no option to, to sell this to, to anyone. Um, but besides this, they were very friendly and we spoke also about coal fires. And we figured that coal fire might be an alternative and we then got coal fire development systems from Freescale and tested them out. But um, my first, um, let's say, spirit on, on using the cold fire or my hope quickly um, got lower and more depressed when, when we played with the cold fire and then figured that it's not so good as, as a, you might have thought from, from reading the manual. I mean, the biggest problem there is, um, first of all, the cold fire is clock by clock, not faster than the 060, so it was slower, but it was higher clocked. And um, then so many uh, instructions or instruction sizes were not supported. The running legacy software became 
so slow that we quickly see that this makes absolutely no sense. People will be disappointed. Thomason got some some O60, uh, um, uh, the FE model, which worked quite nice and clocked quite high also. This looked like an alternative, but of course uh, the amount of ships you could get was limited. Uh, you could get a few hundred, and if you really want to hope that you could revive the scene a little bit again with this, you needed something with this um, eternal infinite supply. And we figured, well, then let's try to uh, do a soft core for an FPGA. And uh, at the point of time, the TG68 came out. We looked at it and it looked not too bad from the first look, but it was too slow for our needs. And we then spoke with Tobias and uh, um, offered him to, to join forces to make it faster. But he probably thought this was a telephone joke or something. He, he thought it would be impossible to reach. Um, to get any faster than an O20. And then I thought, okay, if he does not want to uh, work with us together, then we start from scratch and, and write a new core. This is now like seven years ago. And we then drafted a possible design and then basically implemented it. During the Natami time, we called the CPU 68 or 50. Yeah, I remember that. And I mean, it was a big learning process. We we tried out many things. Um, for a while, we tried out out of order. Um, so the, the usual things you you would think of if you look at what was developed in the last twenty years in, in CPU development, we all tried out or wanted to try out, and. It was also a nice learning uh, experience for all of us because you could very well see which things work well in an FPGA and which work well with the Cisco architecture of the 68K together. And in the end, the architecture became very, very similar to an O60 actually. So the internal pipeline structure um, the length of the pipeline, the layout of the pipeline, having a horizontal pipeline. Um, it's, it, it's very sim uh, similar to, to how an O60 is designed internally. So you could say that the Apollo is basically like an 68K O60B, so to say. So it's very, very similar in the structure. Because um, the things which Motorola did in their design were very reasonable decisions, and it, it, it all makes sense. Of course, we have a few things also where we change it, uh, where we think that the O60 was too limited in some way, and we try to address this. And, and also, we have a few modern things which were invented. Um, after the 68K lines stopped uh, production. Okay, so uh, 
I, I can ask you maybe think uh, I think now about Nat Ami because the Nat Ami at the end of all uh, wasn't released yeah so uh, can you say why it why it happened? <laughs> well, I can say that it worked. I do not have the numbers in my head, but for the developers and testers, a number of machines were produced. I think it was like 12 or 15. I'm not really sure about the number. And well, they worked well. I mean, I played with them. I don't know how many games. Bubble uh, Bubble, Gianna Sisters. So the, the usual Amiga beat 'em up games. So they they worked pretty well on on the Natami. Of course, at that point of time, the Natami was not 100% fully finished. So there were a few glitches with some games or minimal graphical issues, but uh, only on few. You know, so. I don't have the percentage in my head, but I would say 80% of the games did, did work without problems. So it was surprisingly good. And um, the mainboard is really a marvel. I mean, Thomas did, did awesome work here. I mean, the mainboard has really everything which you dream about. Yeah? It's very fast memory, um, plenty of memory, uh, PCI slots, uh, floppy support. Everything, yeah. You you could attach your old hard drive. You could attach your old floppy, uh, read your old floppies. Um, everything was in it. Uh, Ethernet. So it was basically a dream machine from from that point of view. And an excellent job, in my opinion, on designing the mainboard and everything. It could be the Amiga Reloaded uh, more than than. Um, last year it was uh, announced, but by, by Jens, yeah, because it's. I think Amiga Reloaded should have the PCI and 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 what you already said, yeah. Um, um, I, I think the two projects go in a different direction. Yeah, I, I, yeah. So now tell me, yeah. From the design, it was very good. Um, why they were not produced, I think. The amount of work to to do this is unbelievable. Yeah, you if you look at Commodore, uh, they had a huge team developing the chipset. They had a, a huge team doing everything. Yeah, so it was a real company behind this. If you do this as a single person, this is an enormous effort. It eats up a huge amount of time. Yeah. Uh, you, you need a, a real strong will and an iron discipline to, to work on this for many years. Every day after work, you come home and you work many hours on this to develop more stuff. So it becomes a big part of your life and also puts you under a lot of pressure, I think. Yeah, And it's time and money. I think with Natami we had a problem that we um, we were all developers, like technical geeks, but um, none of us had really um, a good experience in project management. So I mean, this is a big project, and something like this you would need to um, 
I think now to stage, yeah, you, you should have a, a small goal maybe, which you try to reach. And after this, when you have reached this, uh, you get also feedback from people then, customers. You can then look for the next goal. The problem with the Natami is that everything was on the main board. Yeah, you had to you had to develop a PCI core. You had to develop a, uh, a network stack for the for the Ethernet chip. So there are so many interfaces. There were video in and also, so you, you could uh, sample video input with it. It had so many uh, interfaces and connections, and all of them needed to be developed and tested. And this is really taking forever and ever. And um, so I think it was um, maybe very optimistic to start with something so utterly complex uh, as a first project. It would have been simpler to, to start with something like a Minimic with a smaller design with such less connections. You can finish this quicker, bring it out, and then make a second version, kind of, right? So the, the goal of the Natami was very high. The, the thing is, it worked. But the problem was, Thomas did for years work on all the chipset. And he also uh, was of the team the most skilled in in uh, PCB design. So he did also the PCB design. Uh, Jens and me, we designed the CPU, so 50 together. Jens and me also looked at a 3D ship, which we did plan for the Natami. Uh, Christoph was also part of the team. He did develop the FPU, a full backward compatible 80-bit FPU core. Pretty fast one, actually. Um, so we worked in, in different areas, but we had a bit of challenge to integrate everything because Thomas did the, um, the memory controller and, and uh, the complete arbitration and the complete chipset. He did, did a lot, yeah. Uh, the PCI core, the bus interface for the expansion bus. You could plug in CPU cards. You could upgrade the Natami also. So he did, did, did many things in parallel. And this kind of, of course, um, you would have needed five Thomases in the team <laughs> to, to, to do the work, right? For, for one guy, it was really too much. And then we ran into a little argument in the team if we cannot split this and, and share the work. But, of course, he did start all the work, so he didn't want to let, let it go. Like, he controlled the ship set, and he didn't want to... He wanted to finish it. It was... He was also proud of it, kind of, yeah. He did not want to someone else take over the sprites and, and work on them. So, yeah. And, and then we had a big disagreement and we kind of said that it takes too long and we wanted to come out last year and so And then it was more of a personal uh, um, problem. So Natami ran in and into a technical. Okay, so but uh, as I understand, I think the, the Natami experience it it was the the basic to make the vampire, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I will... Yes. I mean, 
after the Natami, I I basically left the Natami team and said this. I was unhappy with the um, progress and with the split of work items. And um, so, yeah, there was a big frustration by, by some members. And I thought, okay, uh, we learned a lot of this CPU development of the 68K. Let me get back to the drawing board and, and think about what I did and what we did good in the CPU, which ideas were great, which worked out very good, which did not work out so well, and let me figure how I could improve them. And this was basically then the start of the Apollo project. So I started more or less from scratch with all the experience from the O50, which we did there. And I, I took all the good ideas with me to Apollo and all the things which I didn't like so much, I redid new from scratch and this kept me busy for some years until the cpu was basically working because can i ask you how um the the, the time to develop this this fpga processor i, I i'm not so mm, very common with te technical stuff here but uh, about the time to develop it and uh, and the, this was doing from scratch but this is reverse engineering on the, or you base it on some documentation of 68k or something like this um, yeah I have no documentation for a ship like this from Motorola I mean you also do not need this um, the policy CPU is a highly pipeline CPU like you would today develop a modern CPU core, like you would develop a PowerPC or ARM or, or how Intel would develop a CPU. So an instruction is broken down into several pieces and they are done one after the other and, and so the amount of work in each piece is little, this way you can reach a pretty high clock rate. Of course, in an FPGA, the clock rate is always limited. This is a technical um, yeah, reason. But if you would implement Apollo in an ASIC, it could reach, of course, a, a real good clock rate. Pipeline, as it is. And so, I mean, it's from a design point of view, it's very similar to the O60, but you can also compare it to um, to a VIA CPU, you, you might recall the VIA did produce uh, Intel-compatible CPUs and to some of their later cores, Apollo is very similar in an internal design. And yeah, so I mean, I worked for IBM for many years. Um, I started there doing the development of the cell ship and I worked here in, in the German um, research development center where um, the cell blades were then developed from which um, Roadrunner, which was the world's fastest supercomputer at the point time, was created. and. Uh, yeah, the team also did um, plates with the 970 before. This is um, called by the Mac people G5. 
and we also did develop all the power cores in, in Böblingen. And I was there involved in some of the projects and the latest core, uh, which I had a little part of, was the Power 8. Uh, I, 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 if I can break it a little bit, because I want, would you, uh, ask you now, because uh, as you know, uh, IBM, Uh, can you say something about, more about PowerPC? It's the, the the processor will be developed in future, or this is the more or less dead end for for now, and the Intel is um, won everything or something like this. What is about the PowerPC situation? Well, um, in the late 90s, I was thinking that PowerPC could conquer the world. Um, as we have seen, uh, this did not happen. Um, I mean, one has to look back maybe what the motivation behind PowerPC is, or power. If, if you look from a CPU design point of view, then the 68K is a CISC CPU, very much in the spirit of um, the PDP-11, for example. And this CPU is, like the 68K, is designed to be easy to program. So there was a high emphasis in the design of the CPU that the user which programs it in assembly can do this in a nice way. So this is very user-friendly. This instruction is very user-friendly. Uh, address modes is a very high-level user-friendly. So the 68K, you could, can program an assembly level language very sophisticated like you would program in C or Pascal. So it has very complex or very nice instructions, like the decrement branch, for example, which is like a, a loop until instruction in a high level language. So this is very user friendly. At the late 80s, They figured that making such a user-friendly CPU is also very um, complex for the company to do, right? It's for Motorola, a lot of work to make such a complex CPU. And getting such a complex CPU to be very fast, to be fully pipelined, um, to, to be super scalar and all these things is complicated, pretty complicated actually. And um, the Motorola did struggle with this. Uh, as you will recall, Motorola had a huge market share at some point of time, and um, mostly oh, the whole Unix market was running 68K. But Motorola had a big problem to bring out faster ships. So they were not able to make the CPU clock high enough or, or to bring out high clock ships in, in a short amount of time. Simply because the 68K is so, let's say, user-friendly that making such a complex ship with so many nice address modes needs a lot of time to test. So this is very complex and also therefore needs a lot of time to develop. And some smart people came to the idea, let's make a very simple CPU. This is much easier to do. And we can bring out the CPU uh, quicker and see it costs us less to make. Maybe you can 
compare this to a Japanese sword, right? A, a Japanese samurai sword is a is a piece of art. Making such a sword takes maybe uh, the blacksmith a whole year. It's a, it's a masterpiece, right? But if so, so, you can compare this to the 68K CPU, in my opinion. So making a good 68K CPU is also very complex and a lot of work. Now making a crowbar is very simple and needs much less work. And, and this is more or less the concept of, of a RISC CPU. The RISC CPU is reduced in complexity. It's much simpler in an internal design that makes the development of the RISC CPU um, much cheaper and quicker and easier. And you can, can bring for less money out ships which in a faster time. So this is the whole idea be, behind PowerPC or MIPS or ARM. These ships are not better, they're just cheaper, right? You can make, make them with less effort. Because of their simpler design, it's also easier to clock them higher. And in the late 80s, early 90s, Motorola more or less gave up on, on the complex of the CISC design. They figured that they, they're not able to do it, right? And the, the risk had the, the solution because it, it made the design of the CPU a lot simpler. And at this point of time, also ship space was pretty costly. Yeah? So um, the decoder, is, this is a part of the CPU which uh, understands all the different instructions that you can have. And the CIS CPU, like the 68K, understands a lot more instructions than a RIS CPU. And um, so the decoder is much more complex. Yeah? With the PowerPC, every instruction is four bytes. With a 68K, an instruction can be two to 20 something bytes. So there's a wide range in, in length. This makes the decoder pretty, pretty complex. And now decoding several instructions in parallel uh, is, is also, again, more complex because they can start at any you do not know before decoding how long the instruction will be. So the start of the second instruction depends on the length of the first instruction. The start of the third instruction now depends on the length of the first and the length of the second. So this makes it pretty complex. And the, the logic for this is um, taking a lot of space on the die. And with the PowerPC, they figured, okay, we make this much simpler, really simple. So we save space and we couldn't, can put the space, for example, in the cache. Right, instruction cache. And, and so could say, okay, we save, for example, space, which is equal to four kilobyte cache. So you get maybe four or eight kilobyte more cache for the same cost of the ship. At that point, again, CPUs were small. Yeah, you will recall the O40 had four kilobyte cache. If you could say, okay, you could make a similar risk CPU, which has not four kilobyte cache, but maybe eight. I have now an advantage, right? Because I saved something on the decoder side and could make the cache bigger so I can get higher performance for the same logic die size. Of course, today this does not matter anymore. Yeah? Logic die size does not count. You have not kilobytes, but megabytes of cache today. So if you are, by saving a little bit in the decoder, can make your cache eight kilobytes bigger, who cares? Your cache is already eight megabytes. <laughs> <laughs> so, the advantage of the PowerPC was at the point 
the caches were small in the CPUs, and by the safe space there, you, you could really get something. This is not worth anything today anymore, this saving. So today, the PowerPC has no advantage to assist CPU anymore. Because of the ship development continued, yeah, and we have now, now much more space. Okay, so, but the development of PowerPC now, the Power 8 and something like this, it's is the the last moment of this. I, I'm asking in the uh, because I, I'm interested in interesting Amiga NG. Yeah, so our Amiga NGs uh, mostly works on PowerPC, and I don't know. This is the good direction for for this um, uh, for this solution. Yeah, because the PowerPC <laughs> looks like it's dying. Yeah. Well, what shall I say? I mean, of course, IBM will bring out the Power 9. This is crystal clear. But, you know, IBM is not interested in the Amiga scene. IBM sells big systems, which cost 10,000 or 100,000 euro, one machine, yeah? And it sells them to big companies. Yeah, so you have big IBM machines, maybe at BMW or VW or... Mercedes-Benz yeah, running some very important databases or so on them, some huge databases, or maybe in a bank. So they have very special customers and not so many. Yeah, they have a few thousand big customers to which they sell some big machines. This is their market, so they're very specialized in this. And then this is the only thing they care about. They're, they're not interested to, to bring out or develop ships which you can put in a laptop or yeah. so for the Amiga uh, everything basically died when Apple left the PowerPC scene because this was uh, the final nail to the coffin of PowerPC when Apple decided to to leave the PowerPC yeah, this, this was the end Good, but this is the very nice. Maybe not very nice to hear this, but it's it's quite good explanation of of this. So I think we can jump again to the vampire. The vampire is not done by me. The vampire is done by Igor. He once wrote me an email. He, I don't know, found my email on the web, and he said he has uh, made a small FPGA card where he put in uh, TJ. 68k core and he wanted to add a cache to the core and he, he already did this but the cache had some problem and he asked me about uh, some tips and well um, I then said yeah that you can fix this but the design of the 68k is, is from from a starting point not designed for having a cache. So if you if you put a cache on top, it will improve a little, but you will not get the benefit that the cache in an 040 or 060 had because these CPUs were designed for having a cache from the start or the 030. And he, 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 to get what he really wanted, I told him he would need to write a CPU from scratch. Because the core he used was not um, planned for this, ideally. But as a coincidence, I already had a working uh, uh, CPU core, so I said, uh, 
why doesn't he try out mine? And yeah, so he did send me um, a card and Christoph also, me, Christoph and Jens got um, yeah, basically the three uh, <laughs> survivors from the Natami team. Um, we got these cards and we bought some Amiga 600s and we we tried to get the Apollo core running in in the Vampire. And uh, well, we, we called it Phoenix core or internally we called it Apollo Mini um, because the problem was that uh, Igor had put a pretty small SPGA on the card. It was big enough for the um, CPU core he wanted originally to use. But Apollo is a, a lot stronger and has a lot more features and needs more, more FPGA space, of course. So we try to strip down the core a little bit and remove feature here, remove feature there to make it fit in the FPGA. And this kind of worked out. It took us longer than we expected to, to get it shrink down. Um, but uh, it ran Amiga OS quite nicely and it was a over 80 MIPS, so it in this info, it was it was not bad, um, but we could not um, have full compatibility to the higher CPU cores, like the O20, O40, and so on, to these instructions in the small FPGA. This was simply too small, and um, yeah, so we we brought out this. Hollow version with somewhere in between uh, 68.0.0.0 and the 68.0.20 from the instruction set. It's not a complete 0.20 because we couldn't fit everything in it in the FPGA in the Empire One. And we spoke with Igor about it and told him this does not work. <laughs> so for the customers which originally bought the Empire, this is a nice boost, speed up to play. VHD load games and so on, but uh, if you want to seriously use it, we need a new card with bigger FPGA. And this was um, basically made him design the Vampire 2. The Vampire 2 has now a real nice FPGA on it. For comparison, the Vampire 1 had an FPGA with has a space of 8,000 logic elements. And the Vampire 2 has an FPGA which is the size of 40,000. So it's five times bigger. Mm -hmm. wow. and, and this is really good. So um, here everything has space in it. Um, we have, we can enable more than one pipe so we can execute several instructions in parallel with Apollo now because we have the space. We have the space for the FPU too. We have the space for the chipset, the graphics core. So it's, 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 it's a nice solution. And he also added more memory on the card. So now the Empire 2 has 128 megabyte of memory, which is nice. And it's really fast. The memory is also pretty fast. And we have video out, graphics out, which is, uh, makes using the Amiga 600 much nicer. 
Yeah, I, I, I think now happens that the, the Amiga 600, the theoretically the worst Amiga ever, uh, everybody was saying like like this, now is the best Amiga ever, or could <laughs> be the best Amiga ever. Well, um, of course we are, uh, yeah, I mean, um, being and could be is good good thing you say, we are not fully ready to, to say we are finished. I would say we are 95% finished with our work, right? But um, as you know, for example, if, if IBM develops uh, a CPU core, they typically work on this for two and a half years, right? And, and they use 500 people on such a project. Intel typically uses 1,000 people on, on, on a core development of one of their ships, and they also have a similar time frame. So you have to think if 1,000 people work for two years, this is 2,000 men here of work put into this. this it's a lot of time, and you, it's, it's really difficult for us to do work so long. If you do this with two people, so um, you, know, you really have to see that Apollo is also a very complex CPU. It's, um, it cannot be compared to the to the other soft cores which which are out there. They are pretty simple compared to Apollo because if you uh, try to make a CPU which is fully pipelined and super scalar. There's a lot of hazards you need to check, a lot of special cases. The decoders become much more complex. And, and, and also the test effort is magnitudes higher because you have so many more combinations, right? If you execute three instructions in parallel and they can basically um, create dependencies on each other and you have in a pipeline, maybe seven pipeline stages and you have like 21 instructions in flight, and a good core tracks dependencies of these 21 instructions to each other to understand if it needs to forward or if, if executing this instruction is actually possible or would create a, a wrong result and these kind of things. And if you just execute one instruction and are not pipelines, you do not need to do this tracking. So the complexity of a modern ship is actually in this tracking and solving of all these issues. This is the most difficult part of designing a CPU and developing today a CPU. And not the ALU, which the programmer sees, yeah, one plus one equals two, and this is peanuts, yeah, so you do this on a weekend. The tracking of the special cases, what happens if you have a cache miss, and what happens if you have an interrupt coming in parallel, and blah, 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 with all those many instructions that you have in flight, and dependencies here and there. This is... Uh, the most complex part and which took us also the longest and which also needs the most testing. And for this, we've wrote huge amounts of test cases. We've wrote automated programs which generate code, which we execute. And we have literally hundreds of megabytes of code, test code we, we did create this to verify that the CPU works correctly and, and, and has no mistakes there. Okay, so well, this 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 sounds complicated. So I think maybe now um, the good question is: um, Will it be available or um, released a documentation of of, of this this um, FPGA for developers or something like this? Because 
Uh, now the community is, uh, I think, uh, uh, waiting for something special that comes to the vampire, because it can bring a new, new life for a classic Amiga. Yeah, this is true. I mean, right now we are just scratching on the surface, which is possible, right? If you look at Apollo, for example, Apollo is internally a 64-bit CPU. This means we, um, it's, it's very much like the modern Intel CPUs or the more modern AMD CPUs, which offer a, a 64-bit instruction set and can provide the legacy compatibility to the 32-bit uh, in parallel, right? So the same is this Apollo. And so all the old, old instructions and my bootblock demos from my Amiga 1000 run well on it. But we could, um, of course, all this old code does not utilize the new features that we have. Yesterday, for example, uh, one of our testers uh, posted in our forum a little code of a flame, so a burning fire uh, a demo he wrote. And he did this very well, actually. He, he, he wrote a loop of, I think, 16 instructions or so, and he, he scheduled the instructions very well that they run mostly every clock cycle two instructions in parallel. So the code is very well scheduled for the uh, 060, which also can do instructions, and at the same time very well structured also for Apollo, which are, as I said, very similar in programming as 060 is. Of course, he used traditional 68K instructions. We also have some, let's say, um, Altivec stylish vector MMX type instructions and by by using them we we, we reviewed his code his code could run 15 times faster he, I mean, he has this, this burning fire demo which runs on a 640 times 480 screen or something like that and reaches like 100 frames per second. So it, it, it runs utterly fast already, right? But but he could reach 1,000 frames easily <laughs> with using uh, um, these new instructions. So so this is really where we have not utilized any of the features yet in the existing software. The, the instructions that we have, um, we have a limited number of instructions. We do not have so, so many instructions like, for example, Altivec offers. But we have handpicked a few instructions which we believe give the most benefit for 2D games, for um, data type decoding like JPEG decoding, or for video decoding. Okay, very nice. Because we think, I mean, this is the stuff I, I'm, I'm personally also interested in, right? I like to play some some nice arcade games, or I, I like to 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 watch a video. Here, here, my kids, for example, they use uh, Amiga 600 to, to watch MPEG videos, music clips, and um, which run not too bad on, on, on the Vampire right now. You can watch um, Dolores videos 300 times 200 very nicely, very, very smooth uh, MPEG coding, but um, with those new instructions we have, I think a lot more is possible. I think we could reach DVD, 
quality or resolution. Okay, so this this means theoretically in future it is possible that I can play on uh, uh, Amiga 600 something like QuickTime or something like this. Yeah, I mean we we have Riva right now, which we use to play MPEX, and, and as I said, this runs very very good. Um, but the code is just was um, written for a normal 68k, right? So he has um, code in air uh, in it for certain operations, where, for example, you have. 20 or 30 68k instructions to do some work and this could in theory be replaced with one or two or three of these new instructions doing the same amount of work so there, there um, for video format conversion um, for yeah deep uncompressing of, of jpeg data these kind of things you have in in, in the new instruction set of these MMX Altivec type instructions, uh, things which which really help a lot. Okay, so uh, but uh, f for this uh, we need the developers. Somebody must write the new software yes, for for it. This is true. Cool, yeah. You cannot. <laughs> at the same time, one guy cannot develop the CPU, uh, write new data types, uh, write a new OS, and paint the next uh, PCB. Exactly. So the, the, my question maybe is: uh, uh, Do you have some interest from from Amiga developers? Because it's, our community is not so big, yeah, and and the developers' quantity is also not so big. So, oh yeah. So my most question of the good is, people left or are now in pensioners' uh, home. Exactly. So my question is: uh, How you see this? The yeah, new software for for the vampire because I think everybody are waiting for this. Yeah, I agree. I mean, right now it's a chicken and egg problem. Um, I mean, the vampire two just started to to ship on New Year basically. So so we we not so many people yet have it, right? Uh, Brian is um, very. Uh, hard working on, on soldering more I think he will ship out another 40 on Monday so more people will get a vampire soon um, I hope I mean the 600 is maybe also uh, a bit of a disadvantage here because I think most developers had the 1200 not so many people as a developer you had as their main Amiga 600 so to, to reach, um, to, to provide a card to the developers, a, a card for the 1200 needs to be sold. We plan for this, but this will take us a little time. Right now, the 600s are sold. Um, we are testing now the 500s. I hope that they will be available pretty soon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so this spring. Mm, I, I will have some questions about this 500 because I have I, I think you have the right 1200 is the most popular Amiga or the most wanted but theoretically when you release Vampire for 500 it's the easiest uh, Amiga to buy in eBay or something so maybe this yeah. is the good target and in here I, I have two questions 
because I, I use two, 2000. If 500 version will be working in 2000 uh, computer and uh, other question is because the, I, I think the demand of the for, for the vampires is a, a big and maybe the solution is something like more serious production, not only one guy doing everything. It, this is um, possible or it's planned or do you know something about this? Um, yeah, um, maybe it makes sense to explain our team, okay? So right now it looks like this, that typically Igor is painting a PCB layout, yeah? drawing the wires on the PCB, basically. And he does this in combination with Christoph. Christoph um, also um, worked for IBM before and is pretty experienced also in this regard. So he, um, yeah, most of the work does Igor, but, but Christoph uh, acts basically as a, as a reviewer to, to make sure there's no, uh, um, accidental mismatch or something in, in, in the design. And Christoph and me then do the porting or adaption of the core. Like um, if there's different memory um, chips on the board, we need to change the memory controller, these kind of things. And this is then typically the, the work which is done after getting the first PCBs. And uh, four weeks later or three weeks later, you have then the system booting and all is good. So, and Brian, uh, you might know him as Kipper, who is in uh, Canada, um, together with Igor, soldiers basically then the cards. Um, right now, I think they are absolutely capable of doing this. I have the impression that Brian can solder roughly 100 cards a month, and Igor similar. This is for the 600 certainly enough, I think, to, to satisfy their, the, the, the demand. Uh, for the 500, yeah, I also think if they two work together and they bring out 150 or 200 cards per month, this will satisfy uh, many many users. For a standalone system, I think, I hope there will be higher demand, or could be even higher demand. Maybe then letting it be produced completely by someone else might make sense. Okay, understood. And uh, what about the putting Vampire 500 in 2000? Because theoretically it should be possible, no? Yes, um, Amiga 1000, 500, 2000, and CD-PV share the same CPU in the same socket. And the Vampire 500, basically, uh, you, you plug out the old 68K CPU, put it away, and plug in instead the Vampire. So it basically replaces the CPU like you would have done with an O10, right? You could have also ex exchanged the 68K with an 68010 incompatible. So this is the same idea of the vampire. I have to admit, I have not the new card yet in my hands. Um, so I, 
I'm not 100% sure if it will be uh, fitting all of these because the space in the CDTV is pretty limited. It's a narrow design, right? And also the CPU is in the 2000. Um, yeah, the, the layout of the 2000 is different than the 500. So it could be that an Elko also is maybe in the way. We have to verify this with the, with the, with the first batch. And if there is some such a problem, we might need a special version for the 2000 or so. Okay. Well, it will but be it nice to have also something be like this in 2000 hmm? or CDTV. This could work, yeah. Technically, uh, electricity device and signal devices is no problem. Um, also in the 1000. I'm, I'm pretty looking forward to upgrade my Amiga 1000 with this. Amazing. <laughs> to have two color workbench and 200 MIPS in my Amiga 1000. This will then, then be again my, my favorite machine. <laughs> yeah, of course. And the, uh, maybe I can ask you now about the f features of, of, of the Vampire, but I think this is connected with, 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 with AP, FPGA design. So uh, it will be the Super uh, AGA and the Picasso 96 support, so graphic card and FPU. Can you say something more about this future, when it will be coming or what the plan is or how it's hard to bring it or something like this? Yeah, okay. Um, okay. Let's start with Apollo. Apollo right now runs pretty pretty well. We are right now um, polishing. So, for example, um, Christopher's tuning his memory controller a little bit, and I was uh, improving the memory prefetch engines. Apollo can detect memory streams. So, when you do something like a mem copy or you uh, um, unpack something or you copy a big sprite to the screen or so, it will detect that you are working on memory in a continuous way and it will preload data for you to work and thereby remove the memory latency from the application. And, and you need this to reach good bandwidth. So we did this um, last month and the first shipped um, Vampire 2 had like 100 megabyte memory speed per second. Uh, not too bad, but also not so good. And now we, we come close to 400. So with those tunings, um, this, this is really nice. So we continuously try to improve the design and then we continuously try to, to remove bottlenecks. And um, so this is basically ongoing all the time and we continuously um, try to to verify stuff which we did not verify were not finished with verifying. As, as mentioned, 68K has so many instructions and so many address modes. And we had a plan what to test first and what to test afterwards. So there is continuous um, let's say work to do. So this will keep us busy for probably two or three months before we can say, okay, this thing is really 100% fully tested and we are really, really 100% sure that there's no hidden bug no more. The FPU is working fine. 
from an FPU point of view, so floating point at sub divide square root, all these kind of things work work well. The thing which is not fully done yet is the full integration in um, in in the total because um, the FPU is in the 68k um, um, more than mathematical operations. You also have instructions to um, restore, uh, to save the FPU state, to restore it. You have um, instructions branching on FPU flags. There are special things you need to, to take care in certain kinds of exceptions. So the, the, the raw functionality is there and it's correct. We've wrote in several millions of test cases to verify that the FPU calculates correctly the results. Um, but uh, the, the test coverage sheds on, on all these, um, let's say, supporting surround instructions, right? That you need to, when you back up your FPU registers on a task switch and these kind of things. Um, we are not done with this yet. And this also did not have yet the highest priority because we fun wanted first to get the uh, integer core fully polished and fully yeah, fully makes tested. Sense, yeah, yeah this is so, to be honest, so many Amiga programs are not depending on FPU, right? Yeah. 99% of the games do not need an FPU. And um, and the software, so, the um, application like Lightwave Cinema, they are in two um, flavors with FPU and without. Yeah. yeah. And who seriously tries to render a movie now with your Amiga 600? I mean, <laughs> come on, this is not a serious. I mean, if you do something, you might want to play an MP3 or you might browse the internet or so. So we have a lot of applications to test first before we look into the FPU stuff. Okay, and to, what about the Super AGA and this, this graphic cards? Yes. Yeah. Okay, Super AGA is um, basically the way I think Commodore would have wanted AGA to be. Right? I mean, when they brought out AGA for the Amiga 4000, uh, we bought the 4000 and we were so excited and then we were so disappointed <laughs> as we realized that they had no chunky pixels. And for stuff like Doom or so, uh, having chunky pixels is really an advantage. And Super Aga is basically a pure Aga design, so it has... Um, it is designed like Aria, but it has in addition to this chunky modes. And you can also even display both in parallel. So you have the, the normal eight planes of Aga, and you, and you have a chunky plane, like an extra playfield, so to say. And you can say, okay, this chunky playfield is 8-bit or 16-bit or 24 or 32-bit. And you could on top of this display a planar plane or on top of this display um, the sprites of the original Amiga. So it basically combines both a chunky display and the, the classical display. And you can also um, with the copper control both. So you can make a copper list which turns on chunky and 
I don't know, change the color registers, like you did with the proper list on the Amiga also. Okay. But, but so this, this means I don't need a graphic card anymore if the no. Super AGA is working. Yes. I mean, you need a graphic driver, right? Because uh, um, OS3 does only support up to 256 colors. So if you if you run more than this, like true color, Amiga OS 3 as, as it cannot do this, so you would need Cyber Graphics or Picasso 96 as a plugin to the OS to, to give you this feature. So what you see right now, um, when you see the screenshots of the vampire... Yeah, I saw the screenshot and this looks like true color workbench. Um, yeah, um, we, we usually use 16-bit uh, mode, but it looks probably the same in the screenshot, yeah. But... Uh, in, in theory, you could also set true color or 32-bit uh, mm -hmm. uh, chunky mode. It's more than 256, so how, how you did it? How it's working? Um, like I said, we, we have a, a new bit um, playfield, which is a chunky playfield. We have registers in the DFF range defined where all the old Amiga registers were. And there is a plain pointer to, to define an address um, where the chunky data is. And you have a, a, a mode register which says the chipset in, in, in which um, format this chunky plane is. Uh, one byte, two bytes, three byte pixels. Okay, yeah. but maybe I, I will ask more clearly. What I saw on the screenshot, this is the uh, this is uh, did it by Picasso ninety six drivers or the, or yes. this is uh -huh, so this is Super Aga using Picasso drivers. Yes, but we are only using the chunky part of Super Aga right now. Yeah, it's whatever. It's impressive, I must say. Right, um, yeah. I mean, we have so many things to do <laughs> and so so few hands right now. Um, and as mentioned, we try to, to do it differently than the Natami. Right? With the Natami, all those things were developed that you needed for a standalone system. You could not ship the Natami as long as the IDE driver is not 100% working, right? And you could not ship the Natami if the display is not 100% working. Right now, with the Vampire, the story is different. The Vampire is sold mainly as a CPU card. So as, as soon as the CPU and the memory is working, people already have a benefit from it. They can play MP3 and are happy, right? We also have audio. We have Paula. We can make uh, um, audio inside the FPGA. We can bring this out over the, the, the H. DMI connector. What I think is good of the idea of the vampire concept is um, that people can use it immediately as a CPU card, accelerator uh, with memory. And but it has because of the FPGA design the possibility to be upgraded and all the features which we have nearly done, halfway done, not 100% tested, can be used by the users as soon as they are better tested, as soon as they are ready. 
so we do not need to delay the product. Like for example, if we make a, a standalone, like the Natami, in a, in a closed case, with all the features that we wanted to, to have, then there's a lot to test there, and this would probably take us six months, nine months from now on. So before you can put this in a supermarket to sell it to people, to be a real finished product, it will take many, many months. Uh, now with the vampire, the cool idea is that people can use it today, right? They can already listen to the MP3s, play Doom, do whatever they want. And as soon as the new features are fully finished, the FPU, they can get it via an update process. Or uh, as soon as the AGA chipset is uh, nicely integrated in the vampire, they could also get it as an upgrade. Exactly. So the, the one question about this is because, uh, as I know now, now or maybe now it's working, but it will be not working. The vampire with Indivision ACS can doubler. Uh, but at the end of all, uh, as I understand, you don't need it. And can I run the AGA programs on 600 or other Amigas that uh, when the other vampires come? This is a plan, yeah. I, I, I would not like to promise this right now. I would like to promise the vampire with the features that are available now. So if people decide to buy a vampire, they should please not buy it because they know we work on AGA. They should buy it because they're happy with the features which are working fine at the point when they buy it, right? Because we, I want, we like to be honest, we, we will at some point go the same way as in Atami and we will provide a standalone system. Yeah? But this, this could be a longer way, this could be a longer route and it could take six months, nine months, ten months. 12 months, I don't know, until all these features are fully tested and we are happy with them. So if you buy your Vampire 600 today, you might also in 10 months, 9 months, whenever, be able to play uh, some, some Arca games on your 600. So... I, I, I would not like to promise this today. Of course, I, I just, just asking because uh, at the end of all, I think this uh, the, the, uh, now is quite enough. It's quite quite interesting uh, card comparing the um, possibilities and the cash that you must pay. Because when you see the other cards on the uh, on eBay, Amibay, the prices of the Amiga hardware is very high now. Yeah, of whatever you want to buy. Yeah? Yeah, this is absolutely not in the spirit of Amiga, in my opinion. I mean, Commodore <coughs> did a very good job in producing computers which were affordable, right? A Mac was very expensive in the 80s, but an Amiga 500, every student could buy an Amiga 500. So this was not so expensive. And also the Commodore 64 was on a price tag everyone could afford this. And, and, and this was a big success of the Amiga, that it was affordable by everyone. Every normal household could, could afford an Amiga. And um, I think this good idea or great part of the Amiga, that it was affordable, this got completely lost after uh, the death of Commodore. All the people that 
produced hardware um, did not seem to be interested in producing hardware in higher numbers and in, in lower price. So the Amiga completely died out. Of course, we also have problems with OS and, and the license and, and so on. This is also a total nightmare, right? But if I look at the um, NG Amigas, uh, they are way too expensive, in, in, in my opinion. I mean, the PowerPC could have been nice if they would have sold, a, I don't know, a G3 for 250 euro or G4 for 300 euro or something like this, a complete machine. But the, the, this is not possible because the 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 quantity of these boards it's it's very low. Yeah, it's producing maximum maybe 500 uh, pieces or or, or 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 something. So automatically the price is going up. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, something I do not understand, and I think Commodore did this better, right? Uh, Amiga 500 was sold in millions, and and this is. Um, why it became popular because it was affordable and it was good and and, and you could a good value for the money uh, okay so now i have the question uh, have you used the one of ng operating system something like morpho os amiga os or aeros uh, ever yeah yes i uh, in the former life long time ago i used morpho os for for a while i also helped porting some games to morpho os Uh, I am not sure if you saw the Robin Hood game, which came out. I'm not playing so much, so uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, Morpho is nice. I also played around with Aros a little bit on, on the PC. I also found it, it nice. Um, yeah, also WinUAE is... Uh, Quite, quite nice on on a, on a on a fast PC, but somehow working with a 68K uh, like a real machine is somehow giving me a completely different feeling. It's different. I don't know. Cannot explain this, but it is different. Okay, so this this uh, now maybe I have the two question about the maybe not not the future, but maybe something like future for Amiga. Uh, let's start from the NG system, it, for example, because I, I'm thinking about the, the, the whole stuff because I'm a big fan of NG as well. Uh, what could be done? Uh, and my question is because you are really, I think, um, involved in, in this IBM and new, new tech uh, stuff. Maybe better for uh, whatever, this is Amiga or is Morpheus, better option is to do it like the Apple did it. So take the NetBSD or, or Linux core and then put it uh, and put it uh, there, the uh, Amiga stuff. So um, magic user interface, workbench, you know what I mean. So do it and jump to the Intel or something that it could be cheaper than, yeah? I think it depends on what in your feeling makes an Amiga. Does a Boeing ball sticker make the system an Amiga, or or what 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 makes it for you to be an Amiga? For me, um, I think the Amiga OS was a nice OS in a way it was done 
um, it was a bit to me like motorcycle driving, right? No helmet, no seatbelt, no MMU, bare to the metal, you were riding your Harley. But you had full control of it. It was fun, yeah, it was you had full control of, of the ship that so this to me is the spirit of Amiga and then taking something like a Linux kernel would not give me this feeling again because you have not full control of the hardware, it's, it's not bare to the metal, you are abstracted way after layer after layer. I mean, this is to me not what Amiga was. So, and I'm pretty happy with how the original OS was designed. The original OS did some trade-offs. Yeah. And these trade-offs defined how, how the system felt. It was swift, it was fast. It had no protection. But this was um, one um, depending on the other, basically, right? Uh, there were decisions made that led to this route. And I personally believe that people telling you they c you get MMU and you make the OS multi-user, uh, multi-CPU aware, and so they are either lying to you or um, they will not give you the, the operating system if they ever did this, what you think you will get. It, it will not be an Amiga anymore. You will get something like macOS, okay? And which might what you want could be that you actually do not want Amiga OS. Maybe you want macOS and the Boeing ball sticked on it. This could be, and and you maybe you actually what you like is to have a Mac with a with a GUI theme which looks a bit like Amiga OS. But I, to be honest, I like the OS how it was designed to to start with with the original choices, and I also accept the problems it has. And, and, and the drawbacks, and I do not try to um, to make it different. Mm -hmm. Understand, but if, uh, I understand your point of view. But theoretically, the NG systems should be um, developed in more today's day uh, yeah, time or something to to give you something mo modern technology. Because you know what I mean from my point of view, yeah. No, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think it, it's it's like driving a car. Yeah, you can have um, a Mercedes S class, a very big car, very expensive, uh, and very good. Uh, you you will not hear anything outside. You can run 200 miles, and you will feel like sitting in your chair in in, in your living room, all smooth, right? Or you can can ride a, a naked bike and there's a wind um, dis destroys your hair. It's a complete different feeling you have there. And I like Amiga for for what it was in 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 the original design. I do not think that you can 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 get the same with all those layers of protection that Linux, for example, offers. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, okay, so maybe the different question. Uh, so in this situation, because the the the, the vampire project is is uh, I think new hope for the classic Amiga, something like this. So uh, do you think the uh, it's better to patch the uh, Amiga OS 3 or maybe the Aeros uh, Vision, this is uh, 6.8K Aeros, will be better choice for this? Uh, that's a very good question. I think uh, both have their own problems. But, I mean, the Amiga OS 3 uh, is on the one hand uh, the original. It's nice. Yeah, it's, it, it was developed for the Amiga. It's it's a good basis which we all know and which we all love, yeah, and like. But it's in the hand of people uh, not wanting to do with anything with with it right now. Yeah, Hyperion has probably no plans to develop for the classic Amigas anything, and Cluando has it in its hands since many years, and they also do no development. So none of them will develop this. And uh, to be honest, of course, um, Amigo OS also has bugs. We all know the problem with the bigger partitions for, for gigabyte size limit, these kind of things. The, as you mentioned, these could be patched, like in a way they, they did with OS 3.5 and 3.9, which were basically OS 3 and <coughs> some nice patches on top. This could, of course, be done, yeah. Of course, it would be nicer if, if, if someone would release the sources. I mean, the sources, I, I assume everyone has the sources on, on his hard drive already. They were published yeah, they, they, on the they, internet they, they, many, leaked, many times. Yeah. Understand, yeah. But, but um, we do not have them in a legal way, of course. Of course. Yeah. If there would be a legal way to to continue the development, I think this would really be nice for Amiga. Uh, in, my, I, in my opinion, it will. I, I think I didn't say it will be nice when the somebody I don't know who is in charge, Colanto or Hyperion, will open uh, will release the free one version as open source. This will solve all problems. Yeah, this would be a dream. Yeah, but I, I do not think they will do this. Uh, this would be sens a sensible solution. <laughs> And, and and since since when do companies behave sensible? I I have to admit I. Why should they do this now? They could have done this five years ago already. Yes, true. But the one question, or maybe the, the what I think, because I think now, uh, as I said, I'm the big fan of NG Amigas. Yeah, but I think yeah. the NG Amigas slowly starting to dying, and. Yeah. Other option for us, only other option that can maybe reunite our community is the free one, like, uh, like open source or something like, like me, like, like this, with this, for example, Vampire Project, you know what I mean, with these new possibilities. The open source might be the Aros, right? I mean, I have high respect for the people who, who did all this work on Aros. This is a great, great amount of effort they put into this. And, and, and they did it not for commercial reasons, but for the love to the Amiga and the project. So we all have to have high respect for these people. Of course, Aros um, is also a big uh, um, workplace. Many things are, some things are already better than OS3. Yeah, it has a few things more advanced, more polished than in OS3. 
But there are also things which are not as good or not as fast or tuned as OS3 was in, in certain areas. So there's room for improvement. Maybe the vampire will help them. Ah, I could imagine if a few hundred people now have vampires. I was also thinking that ours might be a good idea to, to bundle it with the vampires. So that people, when they turn on, have arrows and they could, I don't know, switch back to OS3 if they want. This would be nice. I mean, maybe um, a few developers like them to help out. I mean, there are good guys in the scene. Also, spend many guys spend time on coding demos still for some parties or so. Yeah, let's people spend a little time on tuning some arrow stuff. I could imagine that if a few good guys work on this, arrows could become real polished in a few months' time. Maybe by the end of the year we have something which is really nice. Yeah, I hope it, this is the. I, I'm thinking about this because uh, at the end of all, it will be nice to to have still Amiga alive. Uh, and yeah. um, what do you think about uh, at the end of all this this developer stuff or uh, uh, maybe other question uh, from other side? Uh, do you need help from developers? Can some uh, can yeah? How to manage this? If somebody won't help you, should contact you or, or, or something like this? Because we need developers to start the rest of, yeah, to program on, on the Vampire. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, um, we as a core team are able to to finish the CPU, to polish it, to polish the FPU, to tune the memory controller that is super fast. So this is no problem for us. We have the skills and the manpower. But of course, there is so much more if you want, like you say, to revive the Amiga. If you dream about um, yeah, running M-Player on your Amiga 500 and watching YouTube videos or so, I need some coders, put some work in. There's lots of things which this could be done. Um, some things, small things. I mean, we have in the team a few very helpful testers. I would like to thank them very much, of course. Um, and Simo, Claudio, um, all of them excellent uh, helping us to test because, I mean, we, we um, bring out, maybe it makes sense to explain this really quick, we have a set up a regression. So every time I change like a little, little tiny thing in the CPU, We run a regression of many thousand programs, and which basically verify that they calculate the same result as before. And they test different parts of the CPU, the cache, um, branch prediction, several things. So this is the first indication to uh, see, did an improvement of the CPU break something else? But... CPU is huge and complex and thousands of different instructions can be executed. You can by this not give a 100% um, guarantee. So what we do is we make an FPGA image and we make an image every other day. And the testers install it then and, and, and they play Galaga, they play Doom, they play Mac games, use Arbit to surf the internet, play MP3s. And so before we, we bring out a release to the To the users, all of us in the team uses these images 
for several days and, and, and if, we, if we see no no new bugs coming up we say okay this release is better than the previous ones we can give it to the people right and um for this yeah everyone could help here you do not need to be a programmer you do not need to be a hardware developer um you just need to like the amiga and to like to to, to help this test and the few testers could could always help here greatly of course to to drive the amiga really forward and this is our development i think it would be nice to have a few coders pick up some work items um like it's mentioned we we have um these um 64-bit instructions like altivec type of mmx type vector instructions by using those i can imagine if you put some uh cleverness in into a video player you could speed up the video player two three times easily and and, and then an amiga 500 really makes fun again yeah if, if you can uh, watch your youtube videos i mean i, I find this cool yeah, of course it will be amazing that i can do something on amiga still i'm doing try to doing the do, to do some something on my amiga and if i can check the web page or youtube not to turning on my uh, ipad or computer normal computer i will say like this it it will be amazing and i think quite enough for everybody yeah so so here we are not uh, not enough people right now right because we are um, pretty much focused on on finishing the cpu and fpu and and, and have pretty uh, a lot to do and not much free time to to do side developments i mean for the natami we did develop in parallel um, two games <laughs> um, you, you might have seen screenshots we also wanted to compile them here for the vampire and i really do, did not even have time for this because i'm so busy with the daily stuff of the um cpu development up i mean people picking here up to to um using the sources of our games and bring them out for the vampire or yeah um, there's a lot which could be done and i hope that when now more vampires um become available for a decent price for the 500 maybe in the, in the next uh, few months weeks a lot more people will like to to use this chance to help i mean it's fun to to, to develop stuff for amiga I, i like it i think the 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 500 version can be a really um, breakthrough point or something because it's a lot of 500s everywhere at the end of all it's cheap quite quite cheap of course so yeah. it can bring the just simple i can replace my 2000 with 060 and graphic card with this 500 for example eh? it will be faster so it it it, it is a good uh, interesting but the question maybe one question about the hardware because a lot of guys dreaming about 1200 uh, to get the vampire but i think it technical is harder to ma to manage it because the there is not plugin on the c cpu socket yeah so it it's it is much more stuff to do i think huh? mm, um, actually no no i mean the 1200 
No, um, the, the, the puss interface on, on, on the expansion part of the 1200 is, um, is, is not more difficult. Absolutely not, no. Um, but you must buy this, this, this expansion port, uh, hmm, this, yeah, this what you connect, the plug or something, whatever it's called. So to, to build the turbo card, yeah, typical. You mean the piece? Yeah, the, the, the slot or, or something like this. Yeah, the slot is hard to get, this is true. I mean, um, I know Brian has a couple hundred already organized for, for um, the Vampire 1200. Um, but uh, he got them uh, for a pretty high price. Um, so you, you can't get them cheap right now. This is a bit of a drawback. So I think the, my feeling is that the 1200 card could be, I don't know, 20 euro more expensive than the 500 card simply because of the stupid connector is so uh, unreasonable expensive to get right now. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> Technically, it's not much more or it's not more difficult than, than making a 500 card mm, and i have uh, sorry again i one question because theoretically i have this vampire for 1200 and in 1200 i have already aga so in future can i use only the cpu software in fpga and use original aga or i can can i select the features uh, before boot or something like this with jumpers, I don't know. You always have the mainboard features. So we are not turning them off, right? I mean, um, you also can um, have the normal video out on your Amiga and your normal audio out on, on the Amiga. Vampire as it right now offers you a digital video out, which is nice for the high resolution and true color, playing Doom, Workbench, your web browser. You still have the original um, video out with your 25-pin uh, connector on, on, on the back, right? We plan, will, want, during time of this year, allow uh, more of the AGA uh, features in the Empire. But this does not mean that we need to turn off uh, the main ship. You could run them in parallel. This is also the nice thing about the Vampire that if you develop the HEA in the Vampire, it can run basically in mirror mode that you get the signal out of HDMA from our chipset, but still get the original signal from the uh, original video out. So you could run the game twice with two monitors, basically, which helps us to, to see if our HEA implementation is fully compatible. Yeah, because we can see pixel-wise, do the sprites all look the same, or does the copper plasma look the same? Yeah. <laughs> but you can also still on your, of course, use the Vampire on your Amiga 1200 as pure turbo card and keep all, all the signals. Uh, yeah. But I think as soon as you use the chunky modes, you, you will do not want to go back there. The chunky modes are so much faster <laughs> for the workbench. It really feels so fast, it's nice. I hope your work and the work of the team will bring the, let's say something like games from the best, in my opinion, best, uh, the best game for Amiga, the best quali quali quality of games like uh, Napalm or uh, Exodus or I don't know, Nemac 4 or 
or you alien bread because now the the games if they are coming to amiga it's uh yeah it's very old school and the level is not so high so it will be nice to have something like yeah you know what i mean like like to 2000 level yeah uh, to for year 2000 or something like this in pc or amiga way yeah, I mean, you can, of course, uh, the horsepower is good enough for sh games like StarCraft or Diablo or Warcraft, or, which are fun games, yeah, or Age of Empires, these kind of things. But, um, so the technically, uh, technical abilities are all there in the Vampire. But to be honest, you need a, a pretty good coders and a big team of graphic artists to make such games. Not sure anyone will do this for the Amiga <laughs> because the market is so small. Yeah, but now what do you think about let's say the the, the, the this future because the the, uh, the retro is 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 trendy now. I see in, in Germany even in you can buy the the, the newspapers in the magazines not newspapers about the retro in in normal in in I don't know in English in, in kiosk. Yeah? So here, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so I, I think retro is is coming back. Or, or, or what do you think? So maybe this is the chance. In next few years, it will be better for us, yeah, for Amiga. Maybe, yeah, maybe some indie games. I mean, I like also these. Um, to be honest, I, I like those main games a lot, or Neo Geo games, and and uh, yeah, Mame also runs on the Vampire quite nice. So. <laughs> You can play the good old Street Fighter Capcom titles now on your Amiga. Why not? And you can use this uh, with Vampire. I can use this emulation like um, yeah, this scam VM or something like this. The, yeah. The, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it yeah. it can bring the um, quite good games like Metal Slug or something like this in full option, yeah, full full speed or something like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is no problem. Mm -hmm. So this is the nice. Uh, okay, <laughs> uh, I think uh, we, we we could start to finishing because it's one and a half hour. Uh, uh, and I, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I, I'm enjoying this very very much, and I'm really big fan of of, of, of vampire. I, uh, I I try to get the vampire for six hundred, uh, so I must buy six hundred. But maybe I will wait for version five hundred. Because I think this this is the yeah it's amazing stuff. This is uh, it's the, the breaking news of this year I think because the, everybody <laughs> were waiting for something special and uh, in my opinion I, I really respect the the, the Jens work with this uh, ACA uh, ACA cards yeah but it's only zero twenty zero thirty processor and I'm not I like to run Lightwave on my Amiga yeah? so I don't know for what but <laughs> I like and it's a little bit too slow you know what I mean yeah? so in this option I yeah. can ru run it quite nice and make some retro pictures yeah I agree you you I mean you quickly want something like MP3 playback and as soon as you have MP3 playback you want to <laughs> to watch a little video clip maybe. So this is at least how how I feel. So you will quickly find use for for a faster CPU, and if if you enough to play main games, then you you'll probably find one or two main games which you liked very much in the arcade hall when you were young and want yeah, to exactly. replay them. Yeah, I played the Island Bread 3D uh, in 
full speed or I can maybe even uh, make some Hollywood programs on the 68K in full speed because Hollywood is more in NG, NG way so it's not so yeah, fast but in this situation could be fast enough Oh yeah, I love yeah, so Hollywood. I'm a big fan of Hollywood as well because it's it's multi-platform for us. So it's amazing, and I'm not developer. I can click the with a few clicks. I can make some simple program for me. So it's amazing. I agree. There are some some cool Amiga applications, indeed. Exactly. So this, I think your project will make a lot of fun for us in next years. <laughs> Maybe let's hope. Let's hope that it. I mean, this, this is the, the whole point. Yeah, the, the whole point of the project is not to us become millionaires, which we will not get with this project. It's to bring a little bit of fresh life back into the Amiga and maybe a little bit of fun back. Exactly. Maybe this will be as, uh, as we mentioned it for uh, demos and the dream machine. Yeah. Uh, it could be this this vampire could be enough powerful to make nice demos in retro way yeah? or something yeah certainly uh, absolutely and i hope that some people will will have fun and enjoy it and i hope also that some people um will develop any something which a new demo which brings fun and enjoyment also to others again or a new game maybe like you said or some application and yeah I want to thank everyone who was involved in in this and and helped us to come this far as said it was a long long way it took us many years um, many of us work every day during these years on this and every weekend so it's uh, I know the feeling I'm not doing such important things but I make the podcast and the blog about Amiga and uh, it's it's uh, it take a lot of time and at the end of all you come back from work and you must you have the second uh, second work <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so let's see let's hope that this year will bring some more joy to some Amiga fans amazing okay uh, so uh, I will say thank you very much for your time and uh, I thank you. Uh, at the end of all, you can say the greetings for somebody that you want, or for I don't know, and we we can finish. Okay, well I greet everyone in the team and I hope to see more users in our forum if they have questions or on our IRC to yeah. To meet more Amiga fans there. Yeah, at the end of all, you are available uh, on IRC, Apollo team, hashtag Apollo team, uh, on the yeah. free note server, I think. Yeah? Uh, so the guys can, can ask, or I hope uh, you will get some developers uh, after this episode. <laughs> Let's hope. I... <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. I look forward to it. Okay, thank you very much and uh, have thank a you. nice evening.
it was Amicast, podcast for all Amiga users.